，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。A tropical depression east of the island's southern tip of Olanbi is gradually approaching Taiwan. That's brought changes to Taiwan's weather, which turned rainy through Friday. Forecasters say northeasterly winds will strengthen over the weekend, bringing extremely heavy rains to mountainous regions in Greater Taipei, Geelong, and Yilan. Temperatures will drop to as low as 20 degrees in the island's northern half. The Central Weather Bureau says the period from now until Saturday is when the tropical depression is closest to Taiwan. Its path is similar to that of last week's tropical storm Nisat, but it's not as intense. Experts say the depression won't cause as much damage as Nisat. But warned that people in Taiwan's northern and northeastern regions should brace for heavy showers over the weekend. Customers always come first. That's a conventional wisdom. But some restaurant owners have established some rules that may inconvenience the customers. For example, a sushi vendor in Pingdong does not offer takeouts, while a coffee shop in Gaoshang prohibits photographing for commercial purposes. These businesses would rather disappoint some customers than sacrifice the quality. A fresh, delicious seared sashimi rice bowl, delectable nigiri sushi plated in fine dining style. These are some of the mouth-watering offerings at this market spot, but they're not available as takeaway. Some customers that wanted to take out have said things like, "Do you not know how to do business? Are you making too much money? Why are you being like this?" Freshness is of utmost priority for sashimi prepared on the spot. That's why this sushi vendor at Pingdong's Huachiao Market would rather disappoint some customers than compromise on quality. I've had customers leaving the sashimi out at home for many hours, only to get an upset stomach and complain that the fish wasn't fresh and that they got sick afterward. This doesn't only affect me, but the whole market. The owner is right to insist sashimi should be enjoyed fresh. Taking it out would affect the flavor. This fried chicken vendor makes orders only on demand to achieve the freshest taste. That means that sometimes customers have to wait 15 minutes for their food. The thighs take the longest to make. You'll have to wait 15 minutes. It's the franchisor's insistence to give customers the best quality we can offer. And it's not just what's on the plate that matters. The dining environment does too. This coffee shop in Gaoxiong has fast become a social media hotspot. To prevent all the Instagramming from affecting other customers. Photographing for commercial purposes is prohibited, and customers getting takeout have to wait for their orders outside. Our aisles are quite narrow, so waiting here by the cashier would affect other customers. We've put the new rule in place because we would have five or six customers for takeout at a time, all waiting here and making the space really cramped. There has to be a reason for such a rule, otherwise the shop wouldn't just restrict customers for the sake of it. Though customers should come first when doing business, shops are now inconveniencing them just enough to ensure the quality of their products and services. 
A mysterious safe dating back to the Japanese colonial period has been finally opened by a man in his 80s, surnamed Wang. The Fenyuan Township office in Zhanghua County was offering a 10,000 NT reward to whoever could figure out how to open the 100-year-old safe that was found during recent renovations of a nearby historical site. Many experts had tried and failed. Wang, an expert locksmith, was happy to receive the reward. As for the safe, disappointingly, it was empty. Mr. Wang sits in a chair and bangs the safe with a hammer. It took about 40 minutes for him to open the safe. Feng Yuan Township officials rushed to snapshots with their mobile phones. The big question on everyone's lips, however, was, what's inside? After opening it, we found there was actually nothing inside. <laughs> the Japanese at that time had to leave. They had to retreat and go. They took everything inside or they burnt it. They didn't want to leave it there. Mr Wong, the safe cracker, is in his 80s. He said he started lockpicking when he was 13 years old. He was successful in opening the safe thanks to all his past experience. When I saw the news reports, I said to myself, I'll open it in less than half an hour. With a password and a key, a safe is difficult to open, and that's why it's called a safe. If I hadn't been able to open it, I would have felt my 60 to 70 years of experience were all for nothing. Mr Wang finally lifted the veil of mystery surrounding the safe and was all smiles as he received the 10,000 NT reward. The empty safe will be put on display for members of the public. Candidates in the upcoming local elections drew lots on Friday to decide the order in which they'll appear on the ballot. The drawing process was especially long for Taipei's mayoral race, which has 12 candidates this year, the most in any mayoral race. Of the three leading candidates to KMT's Jiang Wan and got number six, independent candidate Huang Shanshan picked number eight, and the DPP's Chen Shizhong got number 12. The order of the candidates on the ballot for Taipei mayor has been decided. The DPP's Chen Shizhong will be last on the list at number 12. Taipei has 12 districts. They can all support me. There is 12 hours on the clock. 12 months in a year, and 12 districts in Taipei. I am Chen Shizhong, and Shizhong is a homophone for clock, which has 12 hours. It suits me perfectly. I will make sure no district in the city gets left behind. Originally, Chen's campaign office had planned for lawmaker Rosalia Wu to pick up the ballot on behalf of Chen. But in the end, Chen was able to make it to the event. Of course, my itinerary is all planned by my campaign office. I think coming here in person and picking number 12 was a lucky blessing. Chen was accompanied by members from his campaign team, including spokespeople and volunteers. Meanwhile, the KMT's Jiang Wan-an and independent candidate Huang Shanshan were surrounded by supporters and councillor candidates while announcing their numbers outside the Taipei City Election Commission. Taipei, 
chanting slogans and mnemonics with their assigned numbers, the three mayoral candidates said they're ready to battle it out for leadership of the capital. Competition is especially tough as they will be up against another nine people in the race. Turning now to a toy maker in Taipei who has turned her life around in just five years. A few years ago, Huang Haoyu was unfulfilled in an industrial design management job. She decided to pack it in and start a toy company with her husband. Now their engaging figurines are in mass production. She shared with us how she managed to make her dream come true. Now 39, Huang Haoyu's industrial design career began when she graduated at the age of 23 working first as a designer, then in China as a manager for a shoe manufacturer. But after four years in China, she felt it wasn't living up to her expectations. Normally in Taiwan, we use Google a lot, and we use other things we're used to, like Dropbox. But it's not that easy to connect them over here. When I would use their search engines, I felt like somehow I couldn't really find what I was looking for. After coming back to Taiwan, Huang and her husband started again with the help of the background in visual arts. They designed some characters and turned them into toys using 3D printing. A year later, three simple molds for models cost 400,000 NT. Toy manufacturing inspection fees begin at 20,000 NT. Huang searched everywhere for official subsidies for new businesses. Every cent spent on design, molds, and exhibition stalls had to be worth it. It was through the Ministry of Culture's Dream Subsidy Program. For example, there are one-year programs for 500,000 NT and two-year schemes for 800,000 NT. You have to explain clearly the work you want to do. The target market of toys is quite broad, so gradually we worked out they would be toy figurines. And then we applied for the Taipei City subsidy from Taipei City Department of Economic Development. Huang goes through all the different toys she and her husband designed. In the last three years, the pandemic gave the couple an unexpected opportunity. They watched how the market changed and made a surprise windfall. People seem to really like small things you can put on your desk, like pocket-sized things. When we were crowdfunding, we sold about 60 sets. And then, once it was offline, we were amazed to sell 150 or 160 sets. There's a broad customer base for cats, so we wanted to get into it with cats. The market for cat merchandise and whimsical paraphernalia is booming. When the couple began, they were making profits of almost 1 million NT. And now their toys are in mass production and profits have soared. Art Taipei is an, an annual international contemporary art fair that takes place in Taipei. And this year, it will run until October 24th. This year, the fair will feature 138 galleries from Taiwan and abroad. AppTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look at some of the highlights. Taipei will be held at the Taipei World Trade Center from October 21st to 24th. The, the universe of the sky. This is Spanish artist Javier Martin. He's a multidisciplinary artist who is best known for his ongoing project, Blindness. Martin has spent over 15 years working on this project, which explores contemporary standards of beauty. 
mixing the superficial light with natural light. So in all the pieces you can have elements. For example, the neon is representing the first light like brand used to send message about consumite. And for the other way, you can have elements like the universe or the sky. So is that a two contraposition between the superficial lights and the natural light. One of the art gallery's exhibiting works is the Mindset Art Center. The gallery will showcase the works of 12 artists under the theme of the Poem of Landscape. One artist exhibiting their works is Lin Weixiang, who has created several works inspired by the scenery of Hehuan Mountain. I went to Hehuan Mountain and saw this scenery. The sea of clouds slowly rose from the valley and then was blown by the wind. It was very quiet as it moved slightly. I think it was very beautiful. The composition of the poem is uh, composed of the 12 different artists, different rendering in different art forms. So we hope to bring out this uh, thing to make people to reflect on their daily life and to reconsider, the, to redefine the landscape. Art Taipei is an international contemporary art fair organized by the Taiwan Art Gallery Association. Every October, the art fair showcases 20th and 21st century art in a variety of different mediums, such as sculpture, photography, video, media installations, and more. There will be 138 galleries from Taiwan and abroad participating in this year's fair. This artist is uh, Chen Jun Hao. He's born in Taiwan. The artist intentionally tried to interpret a masterpiece from the old collection into a completely new and contemporary language. So he used this kind of uh, technique called uh, mosquito nail this as his uh, fundamental material. As you can see from the close-up that uh, it's actually there is completely no ink and no water on the paper so it's completely unconventional. So as you can see from the details that it's purely industrial, it's purely uh, you know um, needle on wood and on canvas but from a distance you can see that you know the layers and the portrayal of the human figure uh, the bridges the trees the mountains our Taipei 2022 is the largest edition of the fair since the pandemic began it will be held at the Taipei World Trade Center from October 21st to October 24th our Taipei has launched an online bilingual show this year it will be open to the public to view till November 6th this is FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Han reporting in Taipei. Over the past two years of the COVID pandemic, Taiwan's government had launched two voucher programs to stimulate the economy. The triple and quintuple stimulus vouchers were well received by the public, leaving some wondering if another batch of vouchers could be coming. However, to people's disappointment, the head of Taiwan's statistics agency said on Friday that the government has no such plans. The official offered some figures on Taiwan's three most recent stimulus voucher programs, a program in 2009 that gave out vouchers worth 3,600 NT cost the government 85.6 billion NT and is estimated to have raised Taiwan's GDP growth that year by 0.28 percentage points. 
The triple stimulus voucher program of 2021 cost the government 51 billion NT and boosted economic growth by 0.53 percentage points. This year's quintuple stimulus vouchers cost 110 billion NT and are expected to boost this year's GDP growth by 0.6 to 0.9 percentage points. Taiwanese vaccine manufacturer Medigen could see its COVID vaccine authorization revoked if it fails to submit an updated report on the vaccine's effectiveness by the end of the month. The vaccine maker was granted emergency use authorization in July last year with a requirement to produce additional data on the vaccine's effectiveness later on. Experts say the company may have difficulty producing such a report as COVID only started surging in late April this year, and so it wasn't able to carry out longer clinical trials. They say another point that could make such studies difficult is that many people who received Medigen did so in combination with other vaccine brands. The company for its part says it will submit a report in time. Last year, President Tsai Ing-wen got a Medigen COVID shot to show her support for Taiwan's domestic vaccine makers. Now, one year after the shot was approved for use, the company has to submit a report on its effectiveness by the end of the month. Otherwise, the approval could be revoked. For nine months after emergency use authorization was granted, the COVID situation in Taiwan was quite stable. So carrying out clinical trials on its effectiveness was rather hard. COVID only started surging in late April this year. It was only starting May that there was a big outbreak. Dr. Huang Yucheng from the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices says that producing a report in such a short time would be difficult. She adds that since the vaccines were administered at many locations, it would be difficult to collect data. Another problem for the study is that the pool of people who only received Medigen vaccines is quite reduced, as recipients mix and match them with vaccines of other brands. If Medigen is unable to provide the relevant data before the deadline stated in the emergency use authorization, well, the vaccine has scientific backing. In past studies where it was compared with the AstraZeneca shot, its effects were not inferior to AstraZeneca. If you have Medigen on your medical records, I don't think it will be rendered null. Medigen's executive vice president Leo Lee has said the company will submit the relevant documents before the cut-off date. But with the deadline looming, all eyes are on Medigen to see whether it will manage to produce a report.